Hello guys and welcome back to Mommy Jojo Uncut Mojo Injection. How y'all doing? We're on episode 21 and I hope you had a great October break. I took a little rest because you were all saying, you're going to take a break, you're going to take a break. Um, But I've got so many fab podcasts batched. Um, I'll be taking another little rest next month though, just to get the Audible recorded and ready for Christmas. Um, A lot of you have requested the book on Audible, so thank you for that. Um, I want to take time to make sure it's perfect for you guys. And um, yeah, blown away by all the reviews. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Because I still get anxious, I still doubt myself, I still have days where I'm not in my full mojo because we need to work on a mojo every single day and this podcast is just to give you a snapshot of real chat perhaps some tips um, for what you can do when you're struggling and this week it's all about parenting it's about um, family life it's about having hard times growing up it's about alcohol and the balance with that it's about setting up your own business and juggling parenthood it's about a lot of things and i've just been delighted to welcome amber from lottie's baby boutique onto this podcast to speak so openly and honestly it's just inspirational to meet people that are prepared to do that and amber's doing great things she's built so many communities in edinburgh um, she's working with great great talented people online with her shop um, from crafting to inspirational books she's doing great things and I'll be speaking at one of her events next month so I'm very much looking forward to that and talking about mojo and parenthood and all that stuff so thank you for being here guys welcome to Amber and just enjoy a little bit snapshot no you're not alone know that we all need to work on our mojo and yeah let's do it So nice to have you here. Thank you for like letting me come on. I've been listening to it intently. <laughs> I like in peaks and troughs, like I start binge listening to it and then I miss a couple and start binge listening again. Mm. But it's just amazing. I'm so proud. Oh, thank you. So the first time we met was actually because you gave me some amazing feedback about episode one and I'd reshared you because I was blown away by the comments actually. Yeah. I had a, a picture of you like I'm doing a handstand or something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because it turned you on its head. But I think the first episode will always mean a lot to me because it was so raw. Yeah, definitely. And you were putting it out there and to have that feedback so soon because I had no idea what people were going to think about how open and honest Scott and I were in that episode about our family's experience with mental health and about how we've battled with things. And what I loved about you was you were so open and you were saying it brought up stuff about your own childhood and I guess it's hard when you're a kid to understand if your parents are struggling with mental health. Yeah, definitely. One of the things that I found, like, my parents had always sort of had poor mental health. And as I got older, um, they started taking the extra steps with the, I don't know, extra steps. Or they were in a, like, a really, like, down place in their lives. And a couple of times my mum had, like, tried to commit suicide as well. But it became sort of more like, 
not everyone in joke, but people like, oh, she tried it again kind of thing. And like, obviously they weren't realising just how desperate she must have been. Mm-hmm. But as a child, I just thought, it was, I personally thought it was selfish. Because I was like, why am I not enough? Like, why do you keep doing this and putting like us through it? So it's mm-hmm. very like a self-ego thing. Like, you are doing this to me because you don't like me or I'm not good enough. Whereas her, she was just, her head was just not in that place. It's so true. You take it personally. Yeah. You take it personally. I mean, I was older, so you'd think I would know better when, when Dad was diagnosed. Yeah. But I took it personally at, uh, how old was I? So thir- uh, 32, I think, 33, when it was really bad. And yeah. I thought, what have I done? Why uh-huh. doesn't he want to be my friend anymore? Why doesn't he appreciate his grandchildren? Like, he's so lucky. You hear all these thoughts. Yeah. It's so hard to understand and it's so hard to not take it personally sometimes. And try to, like, I think as a society we were quite about ourselves, especially with all the social media things inside of that side of things. But as, like, a teenager, it's just so much about, you, you like, cognitively just not able to process what's happening. Yeah. Either. Oh, I mean, well, how did you cope with it or did you cope with it? Um, I would actually say I probably didn't cope with it even as like I became a young adult I just sort of ignored it and my mum and I really didn't have a good relationship and by this point she was living in a foreign country and she never really saw herself like saw us or came across or anything and then when she did come across like she had a drink problem so that brought its own issues with us uh, with our relationship so I would just say we didn't really address it at all we never really spoke about it or anything and I guess was alcohol her way of dealing with it, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, even from a young age, I can remember her drinking. We'd have, like, social gatherings in the house and things. Uh-huh. But then it got to the stage, like, she'd come and stay with myself. My son was about two at the time. Uh-huh. And she'd go through a box of wine a day. And she'd be starting, and like, about 11 o'clock, she'd get up and have a glass of wine. And that just progressed throughout the day. And then she'd become quite hostile in the evening. And then she'd have no memory of it in the morning. But obviously I did because I was sober and then the next again day she'd wake up and she'd be fine and she couldn't understand why like, I'd be upset or annoyed and want to talk about things with her. So yeah. That's the scary thing about alcohol because you do forget. I mean, looking back when I've drank recklessly um, when I was younger and I thought I was invincible. Yeah. Um, it was never the point that I needed it every day but sometimes you would lose that balance and yeah. you'd, you'd be like, what did I say? And friends would say, oh, do you remember saying that? And you'd be like, no. What? Oh, what? what and it's scary that alcohol but I think it's a generational thing too because people that wouldn't talk openly about their demon well I heard someone say they don't like the word demons actually it's hard to know what what's PC to say with mental health um for people to talk openly so they would probably go to drink and then yeah. that was almost acceptable well, she's just having a drink he's having a drink letting their hair down it was almost easier to say oh I'm just going for a drink rather than I have depression or I have anxiety yeah. or, or I'm stressed or I'm burnt out or whatever. Yeah, I need a break It's so, life. Yeah, it's hard. So for you, you kind of you didn't deal with it. What? When was the point for you where you thought, I need to deal with it? Um, well, I had Taylor at a very young age. I had Taylor when I got pregnant when I was 17 and then had Taylor when I was 18. By this point, I was living in a mum and baby unit, so I had a support worker and that's probably when I started dealing with it because my own mental health started to deteriorate after having Taylor. So that's when my support worker guided me and we went for some um, counselling wow. sessions. So that's probably when I actually addressed it. But then even now, looking back, like that doesn't even seem like it was part of my own life. Like It seems like it was somebody else's life. Because yeah. I think just over the years, I've gradually just learnt to accept it, accept what happened, and then sort of not move on from it or box it away, but just sort of 
let it go uh-huh. kind of thing and just accept like my mum for who she was and she's passed away now so oh sorry it's um I mean acceptance and you're read because I know you've got to chapter seven of the book when we spoke you wrote yeah. a very powerful blog and thank you for that I'm sorry I didn't see it for the first I think Instagram didn't update me and then frenzy <laughs> oh, I found it a week later and I was like oh my days that's such a powerful blog you wrote and I missed it and I felt awful um <laughs> but you said you got to chapter seven at that I couldn't point. put it down I was like oh my goodness oh like, I liked how like how personal it was in the letters to you like yourself as well and the kids I was I had feedback last week and they were saying for it to work it had to be that raw and honest and open. Like yeah. I get anxiety of how much I've shared. Oh no, I can imagine. I'm like but if, when you hear it's helping people it kind of just makes it all right in my head. But um it was powerful some of the things you put in that blog because you were talking about acceptance and obviously chapter two is mental about acceptance. It's really and that's been a lot of research, speaking to people behind the scenes as well, how they've accepted things that were really bad that happened to them. Yeah. But I guess it, the whole acceptance thing is so important in the road to moving on with your life and trying to make the most of the time we have left here. Yeah. It's hard though. Acceptance Definitely. is really, really hard. Just trying to just get over things or just accept things for how they are and then just see like that doesn't have to define who you are as a person. Like there's so many labels that people have now, like single mum, young mum, like just loads of things that people could associate with somebody, but that doesn't mean that is the person. Yeah. There's so much more to somebody rather than just these labels or their past or their childhood or anything like that. So mm-hmm. as a as an adult I think it's much more easy to sort of look at everything holistically uh-huh. and say that was one factor and that's made me who I am but that doesn't need to be how my life needs to go on. Oh not at all, not at all and look at what you're doing now, it's amazing the communities you're building and selling events and helping people, you know it's phenomenal, That that is so inspirational to so many people because when you were going through the, would you call it postnatal depression or? Yeah, at the time I wouldn't say that, I'd be like, oh, what are you going on about? But looking back, it definitely was. And even after having Charlotte last year, I think I was in sort of an adrenaline bubble kind uh-huh. of thing. Like, I was so focused on not feeling the way I did after having Taylor uh-huh. that I probably like just forced myself to do so many things to keep just keep busy, keep on top of it. Ian went back to work, so he works away. Um, which is about six weeks so I had like basically an itinerary of what we're doing every single day uh-huh. so that I knew like for those six weeks whilst he was away we were not like having any downtime so I couldn't even realise that he was gone and then I just think I sort of dropped a bit after that as well so I was just burnt out from doing it all but then because I was more in tune with like my own mental state I was able to sort of work around that okay as well so what tips would you give for people looking back at the time when it was hardest and you said you had counselling which was amazing how did you kind of self-heal in a way um what i found was getting outside like even now see we've had like a really crap day in the house with the kids and it just drives me absolutely insane like all i wanted to do was get some housework done and like the house even then like more of a state and just get us outside and take us to an open space so fresh air animals and just i try start doing mindfulness with taylor just because he's quite anxious just now as well and his behavior can be a bit erratic and with us like homeschooling's part of that is just sort of to get him to feel a bit more confident in himself and to have self-belief and make sure because it's going to go into upper primary night so just making sure 10 this year so just trying to make sure that he's as round as possible for when he has to go back into mainstream 
Well, I mean, I'd heard, well, it was actually with Lynette, Pixie, Angel Pixie Love, she was saying if, if you can get every kid meditating by the time they're eight years old, there'll be less, there'll be no more wars. Or, um, it was quite a powerful quote, yeah. I, I think meditation seems to be the buzzword at the moment. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast yesterday from um, an American psychologist and he says that if you say to kids or especially teenagers anything about meditation they're just like so like nope not not doing that, I can't do it, I can't come out of my mind but it's just making them focus on the right now so you don't need to take yourself away into a room mm-hmm. that's quiet, it's just making sure that you're living sort of in the moment, like taste the coffee, have the food, like think about what the textures of the food in your mouth feels like, just uh-huh live right where you are rather than worrying and stressing about everything else you need to do or has to be done or should have done or why did I say that or where am I going like just focus on the right now it's learning to be in the present and um, when we're busy I mean you'll be so busy all you're doing with work Mm -hmm. and and family life and it's learning to even just take five or ten minutes a day to say right I'm going to be present for these ten minutes yeah put my phone away I'm going to have a conversation, yeah, I'm going to be sipping my coffee and really enjoying it. It takes discipline. It definitely does. I think with working for yourself or having like anything that's not just a nine to five or going to an office space or something like that, it's so hard because it's constantly, your updates on your phone are constant, your laptop sitting there, you'll get emails and like, right, I'll do that now, but you have to sometimes just force yourself not to do it, like, I can do these things later, like they're not the most important things. They will still be sitting in my inbox or in my notifications in an hour, two hours, tomorrow even. I know it's so hard to switch off when you work for yourself, isn't it? Oh. It's, it's a killer. I mean, it's amazing because most people that work for themselves probably love their job. Yeah. Um, and when you're passionate about it, it just can take over everything. And then you're like, oh, that was an hour I sat down. I was meaning to sit the next thing as well. Yeah, I know. There's always work to be done. It's knowing, actually, it's okay to switch off. I can still, the work is going to be there. And give yourself a bit of a break. Go out and have a walk, have a bath. I mean, it's funny because there's been a lot of um, chat about self-care and what it means to people and... There was there was some like it was a funny post. Oh, it doesn't mean a bubble bath, and uh, well, it can be if you like a bubble bath. But it's it's finding your self care, finding your way to get off social media, off the laptop. What are your say top few things to do? Well, with having the kids, I always try and have a routine just so that I know that one, each child's getting sort of undivided attention from myself because Taylor's been a single child for nine years and I, as much as he loves his sister, he loves his new family setup, I think it must be really hard for him at times to just not be the centre of my world any longer, have what? every minute. like. So once Charlotte's in bed, I always try to have some time with Taylor. But it, to, Oh, excuse me, Taylor's at the age where now I can say to mum needs some alone time and he'll be taking himself off and go uh-huh. and we do something. So my top tips are sort of routine. Okay. Find something that brings your head back to okay. where you want it to be. So whether it's, it's having a coffee, going for a walk, literally, sometimes I like to just lie in a dark room and just lie on the floor. Right. And it helps my back as well from carrying the kids around on the day. But just find something that brings your headspace back. Um, also sports like activities keeping your um, physical exercise up like the endorphins I, I'm not really my background isn't on that I used to work in a gym so that sort of got me into exercise but I always feel so much better when I'm actually taking part in exercise it's crazy isn't it the power yeah. of that I mean it's crazy and I can't even think of another one we're just basically 
do that. Do you read? Well, you do. I know you've read. Yeah, I do read. I used to love to read. I'm like, I'm actually quite an introvert. When Taylor was um, at school full time, and I used to have a day off, I used to love just being in the house by myself. Like I'd clean the house, and I'd sit down and do absolutely nothing. But now my life just isn't a space that I can take that time. So it's finding other things that make me feel as safe and as able as what I did then. Yeah. Now in such a hectic, manic life. I know life is absolutely manic, and it's having that space, having that headspace, um, hats off to you, really, I mean, what you're doing. So talk to us about Lottie's and how that started. Oh, like people ask me that, I'm like, well, I don't really know. I, I've always wanted to work for myself and with having the two kids, I knew that going back to work probably wasn't going to be feasible childcare-wise. And it'd be such long days I'd have to be out. Like it would be working out in Newbridge, so by the time we get through the traffic, because we were in town, so get through the traffic there and then go to work all day and then come back and then yeah it were rolling <laughs> um so the commute yes stuff. so yeah i knew it wasn't really feasible and i'm at a place in life where i don't want to be working full time for the man and mm-hmm. trying to just chase the money kind of thing i just want to be a mum to be at home and to live my life for the children and with Ian working away I want to be able to have downtime when he's back home so I can really make the most of us being a family unit. Yeah. So I was like there must be other people that are doing the same sort of thing so I spoke to some of our friends and stuff and, and just by coincidence start talking about Frankie's face as a clothing brand and it turned out that the woman makes from home um, and she has a son called Frankie so I was like oh, that's really nice and then the more I looked into it the more I realised there's so many mums that are just doing their own thing like making their own teas or clothes or just everything like jewellery like so many different things and I was like wouldn't it just be amazing to bring that all together uh-huh. where people can go and support not only local and small businesses but mums and business who are just trying to basically juggle life and make it work in a unique way yeah we're all just winging it and, and trying our best and it's i mean there's a lot of chat about flexible working and yeah i like to think things are getting better but it's still tough you know well yeah well i had my um, i hadn't even left maternity leave and i hadn't long started at my job i wouldn't name any names of companies or anything but i met with my manager's manager so we went to talk about what date we leave and any provisional days for coming back and she went, well, you know, this is a full-time job. There's no way that you can do this part-time. And I was like, so that would be not even any point even applying to do my flexible work. But it was like, I hadn't even given birth yet. And they're already t- telling me that I'd be unable to even work around my children. That is terrible. Talk about putting pressure on when you're already I know. fragile. <laughs> like the way that work was going as well I was like I don't even want to be here now because we've been pregnant and it's just been so chaotic yeah. and we hadn't long started and hadn't gave me training but then like oh you're not doing like a good enough job we thought by now you're going to be here and I was oh, like but you haven't gave me training they said well they actually said there's no point in training you because things might change in a year right okay and I was like this place is just it's not good for you no not giving a mental health. Definitely not a family friendly either. Yeah, see that's what Konica, um, I don't know if you listen to her podcast and she features in the book as well, What's Your Wellness Worth? Yeah. And it's all about, you know, and she was doing the career thing and she loved her job but it was just in the end, trying to balance family life and for her own sanity. Yeah. It was a choice saying, oh, there's got to be more for for me and the family. Yeah. 
I think there's more and more parents, not just women as well, probably guys that relate to that and they want to have a bit more freedom and flexibility. Yeah, definitely. I was there's one of the dads that comes to actually actually comes by in massage class and his him and his partner taken six months each. So oh, wow. um, I think his wife was I want to say a great Britain archery player. Wow. So yeah, she took the first six months and now he's doing the second six months. I think he's loving it. Oh, and I think it was so good for like other dads to start doing that as yeah. well. If they want to, not like they feel like they socially have to. Uh-huh, but if, if they, they want wish that, to. I think Scott would have loved that actually. He loves being with the kids. Oh definitely. Um I don't know, it's hard work. Like Ian loves it too. But there's times of Ian's job is if you don't go for this training today, then you probably won't get the next site. So it's like that kind of, yeah. well, if you're not even going to let me have like two days off yeah. <laughs> instead. You're gorgeous. Yeah. Hi, darling. Oh, she's so cute. And it's so nice to baby. be there for all these wee moments. I don't know, I think, and I've said before, I felt like I was going to be this housewife and bake everything from scratch like my mum yeah and that was my my mum was brilliant um but it wasn't me I I was ready to do a little bit something as well whereas my mum she raised the three of us and she cooked from scratch and you know she was just hi darling she was just kind of oh I like your dolly she loves her dolly (laughs) you like your dolly I love dollies too one of my favourite childhood toys Um, but yeah I was like I I love the mum thing but I wanted to do something else as well but it had to be the right thing yeah definitely I had to be I was speaking to um, the the news this morning actually and we were saying uh, I was saying to them passion sometimes it finds you like with mental health it was like right I need to be a voice I want, yeah. I want to speak I want to do writing I want to do content that's my thing because I feel so strongly about it but if you told me that 10 years ago like what <laughs> no, I have no idea what I was going to do no. probably I don't know yeah but you just have to kind of go with it and yeah. uh, you learn so much every year as well like we change don't we experience has changed like this time last year we put a deposit down on the house to move to Melrose where Ian's family lives this night and at the time I was like yeah definitely and now the months came and obviously we're not moved to Melrose we actually ended up moving to Edinburgh and I was like even a year ago right we didn't have Charlotte we thought we were going to be living here I was going to be applying for jobs and nurseries there and now like our life is so completely different in only 12 months it's crazy it's nuts so you've, how have you built this community and this the shops? So you were saying about the oh, yeah. ones that you've met. How did you pull it all together? The social media, actually, which is quite funny because the whole idea sort of to get people off social media, to get them out into person and to be speaking and having real life relationships. Because uh-huh. I think a lot of the times mum can feel quite isolated. Oh yeah. And yes, it's good to be having lots of friends on social media where you can talk to and sort of keep updated and do all the baby showing off photos. But then at night time, you can just be alone in your house uh-huh. and it can all just feel too much. So it's making sure that there's things there that mums can come to where they know that they're going to get physical interaction uh-huh. with yeah. another human being who knows what it's like. Yeah. So people that come to the meetups, they don't necessarily have feel lonely or they don't necessarily have any mental health problem uh-huh. but it's people that just want to come and meet other mums and bring their children and have a coffee and have some time that's about them yeah because we love the baby groups but i've noticed like some of the baby groups i've went to 
is we'd go there do the baby class and as soon as the class finished everyone's just like bye like you don't even some people don't even say bye they just get up and leave and I was like oh right. I've come to these things so I can make friends because I don't have baby mum friends uh-huh right and so it's actually really good for people that are needing more support and yeah, they want to make want friends. to make friends it's like and I'm trying to do as many as possible for free obviously sometimes we're overhead yeah. And the bath bomb one, it literally covers our overheads for the venue and obviously the products we're making bath bombs. I want to come to, when is that event? Um, it's next month, so it's October, oh, right. October 20th as well. I'm going to check my diary because we're bath bomb mad and we'd love to learn how to bomb. make them. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah, so I think it was that tea, so I'm hoping we're going to get some oh, tea as well. Oh, it wouldn't have been around Halloween, we might have a little Halloween twist to it oh, as well. Etiquette tea do a lot, don't they? They're yeah. brilliant. They're cropping up everywhere in we're the event. Erin has some Keelan Bombing's event on Saturday as well, which we loved, didn't we, Shyla? Oh, yeah, I was gutted. I feel terrible, especially with chocolate brownies as well. And um, my favourite, <laughs> I had the half marathon, and I was, I was a nervous wreck on Saturday, actually, to be yeah. honest. Um, running is so good for me mental health but not when you haven't had the time to train and you've been sick and um, I was a bit overwhelmed on Saturday uh, my self-care was going to stay at mum and dad's house um, my dad gave me a back massage my mum gave me a back massage um, and they made me a big meal to carb load but I was I'm a nervous wreck I'm so glad sitting here to be alive I thought I may have died I've never done like what's the 12 point 13.1 no. 13.1 no, I haven't done that furthest I've done is a 10k and a 10k is still a good distance oh yeah like I probably cried at the end of that yeah. I've done that in my life my chest is burning my legs feel like jelly because I can't imagine doing twice the distance well I've ran a marathon in 2016 and that was for mental health I can honestly say this felt like a marathon on the day yeah it's all relative to your fitness at the time and your, yeah. how you're feeling and I just recovered from a viral so I was really anxious and for anxiety that's a trigger yeah and they've got all these messages make sure you're healthy and you're well got to mile 11 and I thought I'm absolutely shattered how on earth am I going to finish this but you sometimes find the strength <laughs> but you know that the end is near you're yeah just like, on you know the end is in sight we are here um no but I think it's brilliant and um, all these events and all the things available for the little ones yeah <laughs> they're trying to make it as close because I find it's so hard to get babysitter like my dad, he's really in good help, but he's down in Moffat, so practically I can't just go and drop the kids off for an hour or two. Yeah. Ian's family lives in South Africa and his sisters are in Melrose, but they work full time, so we can't really be swapping over childcare, just drop them off for a couple of hours. So I tried to make them as many as possible, child friendly, yeah. but where the focus is on mums, so they can just really have a day. Uh-huh. that's about them that's amazing so that. if there's someone listening that has a product do they just get in touch with you that would, how do they how do you work out the sales like if people um, we're doing a sort of commission so some of the stock of this they hold from like the larger company just so they had like a stockpile of items of people that come to the website and buy things mm-hmm. directly and then i'm working with some smaller um, crafters where they they come and the items advertised on the website and I take a small fee for setting up the advert uh-huh. and then any sales that go through there's a between a 10 and 15 percent commission just depending yeah. upon the product that's great we're looking at doing some pop-ups as well so great. work with sort of local small crafters to sort of put things up as well especially for the until Christmas time oh yeah so is it mainly crafts or is it a full mix it's got a full mix we've got like our hand printed stuff from Joy Pots so Charlotte you having fun? <laughs> Yeah, doing that. I should have set some toys out for you. I'm sorry. 
Yes, we've got Joy Tots products. So they're hand printed in Joy Tots down on Ferry Road. Uh-huh. And they've got Baby Grows and Baby Sleep Suits. And then we have got hand printed t shirts as well, uh-huh. which are quite cute. They've got a little genius and they've got Busy Bee and they've got a dinosaur themed one as well. And then we have handmade leggings that we have uh-huh. as well. And we have a small batch teas made from hot tea mama. So it's wow. all teas for pregnancy, and wants to help bring your milk in, some red raspberry leaf tea for when you're at the end of pregnancy and you want to get your cervix all, all up into action. And we have organic organic and natural baby products for soaps. We have mum julie that's made from my mum down in Cumbria at Carlisle, which is close to my hometown. Wow. And oh, I can't even there's quite a lot now. That's amazing. Do you have books? Links. No, we don't book. Oh. I'm not forgetting, have you heard of, what's the journal, the yellow journal? Mm. My happy journal, what oh, to say? Oh yeah, I know, no, I kind of know what you mean. There's no, there's different, pos- the positive planner. Uh-huh, okay. And my happy journal is actually another one from Edinburgh, isn't it? Oh, I'm yeah. pretty sure, I, want, I can't promise, but I think it is. But the positive planner, but they sold out. Oh really? Yes, that's quite, um, it's quite good for planning. Like just keep a sort of mood journal and a tracker, and they've got loads of different activities to sort of keep your head. Yes, and I, I know when I'm feeling organised for me because that's why I was in such a state at the weekend. If I'm disorganised, yeah, um, it's a stress. It's an anxiety trigger. Like it can really spiral. Um, so having a nice planner is an amazing thing. I find the same. Like sometimes, like I like to keep the house not spotless. Like I don't have a spot to come out to the ah, side of my house. But I like to keep on top of things. And then, but sometimes I find like if things are getting too much, I actually withdraw and I'm like, well, I'm not going to do anything. And you just end up sitting there in your doofy, being like, this mess around me is just so chaotic now. But I just don't know where to start. Yeah, yeah. So I like to keep keep planting lists, lists of lists as uh-huh. well. Yeah, it's whatever works for your mental health. I love to have lists. I love my diary. You know, the, I love a clean house. I love it, but just the times of the day I'm working, you know, I'm running off my feet with hours, so it's kind of cleaning comes last, but when I do get a set time and I tidy, it's the best feeling. Yeah. I did an interior design thing recently, and the chat was saying that rock and roll's too, I thought I'd be a bit more rock and roll for the interior style. Uh-huh. I think because I'm so chaotic with work. I, I prefer I was going I was drawn to all the pictures that were more open and like um yeah just relaxed because work life is so mental I'm rushing around I'm you know it's there's a bit of rock and roll in me but no clutter and stuff it does spin me off which is and there's a dust in that comes with clutter oh yeah exactly <laughs> adding it all up no I think it's brilliant and I'm going to be speaking at one of your events is it November 20th? November 20th yeah and it's at Lululemon so uh-huh. it's a free complimentary day so we've got a mindfulness not so much session but a talk about mindfulness and how we can put that into practice uh-huh. and that's from Marie from True Connection who's based in Edinburgh and is a mum as well and then we also have Wilma who's going to be talking about nutrition and how to adapt your nutrition for after birth uh-huh. as well and she's a mum and she's also based in when she just started her own um, nutrition company Brilliant. while finishing maternity leave. Great. And then we have Dale there. Dale is not a mum, uh-huh. but he delivers mum and baby classes close to me. So Great. he's quite good. And he does the exercise with babies because we love a baby class. Uh-huh. And some of the buggy style ones were good when she was small. 
But now that she's so mobile, as you can see, she just does not stay still. So trying to keep her entertained oh, in the buggy was just, a nightmare. Yeah. So he does the exercise with the babies as well. So you do push-ups and you can push down and then you give the baby a kiss and you come back up. So what is that? I hope I'm not child-proof the house enough. My, my in-laws have been here, so they've tidied up. But Bye! <laughs> oh, yeah, Scott probably tidied all the toy boxes away. Um, no, it's been brilliant. Um, I, I think it's amazing what you're doing. It's Thank really you. inspiring. So keep spreading the good vibes. Just trying to get as many mums as possible involved. Yep, no, I'm sure there'll be loads of mums tuning into this that would love to be involved. So, um, it's brilliant what you're doing. So, thank you. Bye. Oh, oh, yeah. Do you want to sing with us? We normally end with a wee song. I don't actually know what your favourite song is. Am I? Mr. Brightside. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not a good singer, but I'll give it a bash. Ah, you might be singing either. O